You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is a conversation between myself and Chris Boltendale. Chris is the frontman and sole foundation member left in Germany's Gravedigger. The reason for the conversation is to promote Gravedigger's upcoming release, The Living End, which is out on the 14th of September, 2018. Let's have a listen to what Chris has to say. Here we go. Chris Andrew Mackay-Smith calling. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. And you? Thank you very much. Oh, I'm very, going very well. Yeah, I'm a bit tired today, to be honest with you, because I've been looking after my kids for the majority of the afternoon. And if you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about, mate. They wear your bloody down to the nub. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Oh, you know what I mean then, yeah. How's uh, how's things been going for you, mate, since the... Well, I know the album isn't released yet. It's released in the middle of September, though. But you must be excited that you've got this album coming out because... Chris Murrick, he sent me through a copy of it, and uh, it's one of those albums, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, I was actually surprised at how strong it was. It's ferocious. Oh. Um, okay. So you've, you've got to be excited about the strength of it, and and also, too, the anticipation of what the fans are going to be thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm really happy about this album because... Uh, when we finished Heal by Metal, I thought by myself, uh, okay, I make now uh, three albums in a row with this more or less classical Gravedigger uh, stuff. But now I want to look over the plate, you know, and uh, look a little bit left or right. And uh, when I talked to Axel uh, before we creating the new album, I said to him, hey, Axel, I need some visions. And he said, what? What, you need visions? Yes, I need visions from you. So send me all your stuff you have in your mind, and uh, then we sort out what what's interesting, what not. And meanwhile, I create uh, some cool uh, courses and everything. And then step by step, we create this one. And uh, I think it's totally different uh, to uh, to the previous one, Hyper Metal, but sounds like Gravedigger, but on, in a different way. You know? And mm. uh, that uh, is something I'm proud of. The thing that I really noticed about it too, I'm a bass player, okay, so one other thing that really surprised me, and I think it's one of the best aspects of the album, is Jens' bass playing and the sound of it. I was listening to it with headphones on and the the bass contribution is exceptional. So was that by design or, or when I say by design, did you give Jens specific instruction for how you wanted him to play or is that his contribution to the album? Uh... He's not involved in the songwriting, and uh, Axel create all the bass lines more or less, mm-hmm. and then uh, Jens edit his stuff uh, to this. Uh, so it's a combination between Axel and Jens. And uh, when he came into the studio, uh, Jens uh, he reproduced all the stuff. And he's he, I sh- I told him Jens, it's the first time in Gravelier you can now show what you can play, you know. Mm. And uh, after twenty years, you have the possibility to show your talent, you know. And then he took the chance, and uh, he made a great job on this album. 20 years, you're spot on. He's been in the band since 1998, so this is the first time where he's really been given a license to do his own thing. Is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you deal with uh, with different with, with with a different uh, view on this album, so I I do some different things uh, like I did in the past. Axel did mm. some different, so it's uh, the reason why uh, Jens could also some different things on this album. You know, 
Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it was. It's the guitar sound is is excellent. It's very clear. Axel's always been, well, certainly since since the albums that I've heard since two thousand and nine. I'm not aware of the other bands that he's been in prior to joining you and joining forces with you. But he's uh, a very articulate player in that you can you can hear every note that he's playing, very crisp note selections. So I think it really enhances a lot of the songs that you're writing. I'm writing the lyrics, and I'm uh, normally I'm writing all melodies, uh, also for the choruses, for the for the verses, and then I I'd, uh, tell him my ideas, and uh, mm. then we start creating all the guitar around that. But uh, most of I think ninety uh, percent of the guitar work is uh, definitely from Axel, but he's following uh, most of my advices, and that is that is a good co- combination. That is something like uh, yeah, metal twins can do, and. Uh, Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it's growing. It's growing from album to album, and uh, with the previous uh, uh, guitar players, it was that we we have a peak on the first two, three albums, I think, and then it's the peak uh, going down a little bit, you know. And but with Axel, we start with the Clans We Rise Again, and then yeah, I mm. think it's going up the, the peak, you know, and uh, that is something that makes me very hopefully for the future for Grave Digger. Yeah, agreed. Now, I can't count how many albums you've done, but it's in the vicinity of 15, I think, isn't it? At this There's point, a 20s. 20s, my God. Okay, so you had a period of time, though, where the band, now correct me if I'm wrong here again, but the band adopted two different monikers. Now, I went onto YouTube before our conversation and I checked them out. There was uh, the band, and you, as I say, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the band went under the moniker Digger, and then you adopted a brand new moniker, which was very different, which is Hawaii. So to, <laughs> talk to me. Look, I thought, honestly, I thought the music was great, and I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it unless I felt it. I, wouldn't, I just wouldn't say anything, but I was listening to the cuts from the band Hawaii that, that you were spearheading. And it's I mean, it sounds pretty bloody good. So have you got plans to, I wouldn't say revisit that part of your career, but re-release some albums or maybe, uh, you know, there's a, there's a trend these days for cassettes and to release things on cassettes. And I reckon that would be a wonderful treat for fans. Yeah, uh, I don't have it by myself, this uh, demo tape. And uh, it was a time where we lost completely our direction, you know. Hmm. And uh, it was between the Digger album and uh, the Reaper album. And uh, yeah, most of the stuff we created on this uh, Savai is used for the Reaper album, at least, you Hmm. know. Okay. And uh, released under the Grape Digger name. So, uh, but this was funny. I, I don't know. We drank a lot of beer and uh, other alcoholics <laughs> uh, in this time. And uh, then yeah. somebody came out, uh, we have to do uh, uh, something different and let's call us Hawaii. And we wear all these Hawaii shorts, these colored things and, and all this stuff. And uh, But at least we, we got the redirection <laughs> someday hmm. to a grave digger again. That, uh, that was really happy. Well, I think people, if anybody's critical of that period, they need to understand it was a very, very different era and you had a lot of pressure, no doubt, put on you 
to produce a certain sound and to conform per the record company's instructions. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Every band through the 80s, as far as... I mean, there's a few that didn't, like Overkill have sort of more or less stayed the course pretty much all the way through. But I think every band had a period of time where the fans probably didn't recognise some of the music and some of the image that the band was presenting. But it does it's still great music, though. That's the thing. The thing about your output in Hawaii, even the Digger album, I think the Digger album gets unfairly criticised mainly of course because of the change of the band name but the music isn't that different from the music you were producing for the previous uh you know since uh heavy metal breakdown really it's not a not a massive leap it's not like uh i like celtic frost okay so let me be clear about that but it's not as different as what cold lake sounds compared to say to megatherion for example yeah i know what you mean uh when we when we made the, the original demo for the Digger album, it was pure heavy metal. Mm. And then the record company came up with this idea, oh, we have to do uh, uh, something different because uh, we want to uh, enter the American market and uh, you can be also be uh, successful there. And But at the end, we cut out some trademarks of the band. We put it in some more keyboards. But the basic of the songs are real grave digger. Mm. And... Uh, and we did uh, one uh, reversion. Uh, we covered one song uh, on the Exhumation album, Stand Up and Rock. And uh, it, it was very simple to, to uh, re record this thing because it's metal, you know. Yeah. But uh, at this time, when we recorded the Dig album, we put some more keywords in it and everything. I, I did some uh, softer vocals sometimes. But this was all the idea of the producer who called yeah. Michael Jackson, Mick Jackson. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it's uh, in the beginning, it was a pure Gravedigger album um, demo, mm. uh, what, what, would you re- what we recorded here. Yeah, well, as I say, it, it doesn't sound too different. And look, I mentioned Celtic Frost in there, and I understand that uh, you guys, you toured with them. I think you were promoting the Witch Hunter album. So that would have been when the band had released oh, i can't think of the name of the album off the top of my head now normally i'd be able to get it out but of course right now when i need it i can't remember it but what was it like well, war games i think war, war games was it? there you go war games yeah that's it yeah spot on that was a 1986 album i think yeah so um yeah so celtic frost and i think he toured with halloween as well so martin eric ain of course is no longer with us a tremendous bass guitarist and and a, and a part of the visionary duo behind Celtic Frost. So what are your memories of performing with Celtic Frost on that tour? <laughs> yes, it was in 1986. And uh, yeah. I remember the tour very well because every second show, uh, uh, Halloween cancelled or Celtic Frost cancelled. It was a three-band uh, package. Oh yeah. But uh, Great Digger was the only band who, which played every every night. And uh, one night it was Halloween with us, and one night it was uh, Celtic Frost with us. That was really funny because uh, Tom and Kai, they were damaged uh, their voices oh, <laughs> every right, yeah. second day. And uh, But we were the only band uh, which uh, played every night. That was a funny tour. A lot of alcohol on this tour, a lot of I can imagine. crazy <laughs> shit. Crazy shit. I can imagine, yeah. I never saw Tom again since this tour. That is funny. Kaya, I uh, see really often here in Germany. But uh, since uh, 1986 tour, I never saw uh, Tom again. So 
I don't know what happened with them. <laughs> yeah, they're, it's a shame. I think they're a band that, uh, as great as what they are, and as I've already explained, I'm a massive fan. Uh, I think there's a lot of unrealized potential there. You know, there's only really a handful of albums, a bit like Guns N' Roses, really, isn't there? Massively revered, but there's not a broad catalogue there really, really to draw from. There's only really three or four albums there to take to take it from and uh as i say cold lake i think got it got a very bad rap from people but i think people were more focused on the photos that they took than than mm. the music itself and that's sort of just highlights people's attention spans really doesn't it let's not focus on the music let's focus on what the photos look like you know so that brings yeah. me and 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 I, I do find i was showing my kids the album cover to the to the digger album and of the duck <laughs> So tell me, tell me the story behind the duck. The duck, drafting albums, or oh, the covers. The cover, yeah. So is it stronger than ever? Yeah, the duck that's on the front of the uh, stronger than ever cover. Uh, that was uh, it was not for directly for us created. We got this from a, from a, from an artist as an offer. Hmm. And uh, he offered us uh, different things, and and I liked this because we, as I told you before, we were totally weird at this time, hmm. and uh, we uh, we thought that we can be the biggest rock stars like Bon Jovi and everybody there. So uh, we chose the duck and the metal duck, you know, because we wanted to go this commercial between commercial and heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was why we uh, told this uh, called this album stronger than ever, and. Uh, uh, shoes is metal duck. It's it's it's, it's crazy. That's uh, that time was a. It, it was uh, we lost completely our direction in, in 80, 87, 88, 89 before we got got the redirection to Grave Digger again. Yeah, look, I, I understand your point. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. There are most bands through the eighties lost their way and and not. I wouldn't say, sorry. I correct myself experimented or had a lot of pressure to do different things okay so you yeah, oh god yeah yeah that's not great is it yeah that's uh that's an interesting one that one there yeah there were there was some yeah i i don't know what do you say when you when you sign with a record company and the record company is res, is financially responsible for the band they're going to more or less determine the direction of the band not not the artists and not the musicians in the band. And I think a lot of fans have got to understand that, that uh, that was just the way the record company operated through the through the tail end of the 70s, all of the 80s, and certainly most of the 90s. That's what I think anyway. Um, are you still yeah. there? Oh, sorry, you're still there. Yep, great. No worries. Um, Australia. Australia. Have you had much interaction with us over the years? Australia? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have no idea what happened in Australia with the metal scene. I, uh, we never played there. I, I saw never a heavy metal magazine from Australia. So <laughs> um, for me, it's uh, Australia. It's for me a complete, uh, yeah, white point on the earth of heavy metal, you know. Mm. And uh, I hope that we one day can can play there, but uh, in 38 years we didn't uh, reach this goal so fast, uh, so far. Well, I think you'd be well received down here if ever there was an offer uh, from a promoter or an agency for you to come down here, such as a very credible agencies. There's a few down here. Uh, Destroy All Lines and uh, Soundworks Touring are very good. Bring down a lot of European metal acts, very extreme metal acts through to uh, power metal, everything, and uh, I think you'd be surprised, mate, if you ever 
took the chance on, on coming down. I, I remember many years ago when Ed Guy came down, maybe in a similar position to you guys, completely unaware of uh, there was a fan base or anybody would even turn up to the shows. And I think the shows were sold out. So, okay. of, of course, it depends on the size of the room, doesn't it? But still, there are a lot, a lot of venues that cater toward a band like Gravedigger, such as Crowbar here in, in Brisbane, that uh, probably have uh, a capacity of maybe, I could be completely wrong here, but I wouldn't say more than, say, 300, 400 people. Um, and uh, you could probably fill one of them quite easily, I'd imagine. I hope so. One day, another dream will come true, so we will visit Australia. <laughs> okay, mate, uh, when you look back over your career, it's a very long career, mate. You've been going for four decades, so congratulations on that, by the way, because you've obviously, you're obviously very resilient and you've had a lot of vision to keep on going. But what gives you the greatest source of uh, sense of accomplishment and pride? I think... Uh... When I was a young guy, uh, it, it was in 1974, I saw a, a Deep Purple cover band in my school at this time. And from this moment on, I wanted to be a rock star and play music and singing. That, uh, from this time, I was following this target. You know? mm. And uh, through all highs and depths in my life, and uh, I believe in this music. That is the music I grew up with. And that is a musical love, and that is the motor, the energy behind my creativity, you know. And uh, yeah, 38 years is a long time. And I saw all the aspects from from down on the higher level, on the, on the deeper level. Mm. And uh, we played in front of uh, 15 people, and we played in front of 80,000 people. And uh, yes, but... Uh, all these aspects and all this experience made me to the person I am today. And um, I'm a happy and uh, relaxed guy. I am uh, found my inner self. And, uh, yeah, I love to create music. That's, that's mm. all. I, when we finished uh, the Living Dead album and we got the final mixes and we delivered them to the record company, one day later, Axel and I will uh, talk on the phone. And, what, what do we do on the next one? What what what, what ideas we have? Uh, what can we do? And uh, yeah, we are thinking now for the next one again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Axel and I, we are like well, what I told you before. We are like metal twins, and uh, we are we are restless. We can't stop. And uh, I think uh, in one year we start again uh, creating a new one. Hmm. Well, as I said, congratulations again, mate. I'd love to see you down here, and uh, it's an excellent album, this recent album that you've put out. The fans should should just lap it up here, uh, The Living Dead. Phenomenal stuff. So well done, mate, and, uh, yeah, thank you very much for the conversation. Most appreciated. Thank you very much, and have a nice night. You too. No worries, mate. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation between myself and Chris Poltendahl. Chris is the frontman for Germany's Gravedigger. Thank you so much for listening.